Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Good morning, afternoon, and evening to everybody out there, wherever you may be. Thank you for downloading Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarron here. It is Wednesday, October 22nd. Jeff will be on shortly. He and I are going to talk about WWE Raw, make our predictions and previews for Hell in a Cell. We are also going to discuss the Monday Night War Cruiserweight episode, which we briefly got into a little bit last week. I did have a chance to watch that, so we'll talk about it. Before we get into the uh, meat of today's show, or tofu, for our vegan friends, I want to make mention of the ways to contact us and be a part of the show. I really do want this show to evolve into a more interactive show. I'd love for listeners to be able to have this outlet to rant, make your predictions, comment on anything going on in WWE, or the entire wrestling business. I want this to be that place. I want your comments. So, to contact us, it's very easy. You can follow us on Twitter, at ShakeThemRopes. We post our show schedule, call-in info, we live-tweet raw, uh, basically anything regarding WWE, you can follow us on uh, ShakeThemRopes on Twitter. Even breaking exclusive NXT news, you'll find that every once in a while. Uh, We do take calls 24-7. Skype or phone is available. So if you have Skype, if you're an international caller, you can use our Skype line. It's at Let's Say Things. It's Let's Say Things, L-A-T-S-S-A-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S, on Skype. Or give us a call if you're in the U.S., 260-494-3811. We have a voicemail line set up, so you can call in when we're recording, or if we're not recording, or you can't get to us when we are recording, you can call anytime. And leave a voicemail with your comments. You can do that anytime. We've played them on the air. Last week we had a call from uh, Dante. Called in. Wanted to talk about Rock and Rusev. So we played it on the air. So we would love to be uh, a show that can do more of that. But we need audience participation. So hopefully any of you out there. If you just want to get your thoughts known. uh, I would appreciate it if you do it with us. Why not? We are also going to be live post Hell in a Cell, as long as I can get Jeff's approval for that. So I'll ask Jeff during our show. Uh, But uh, most likely we'll be live after Hell in a Cell at 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, taking calls, Twitter reactions, everything coming out of Hell in a Cell. You'll be able to listen live also, which is the coolest thing. You can listen to our show live at shakethemropes.com. Go on there on the front page. There will be a little uh, live radio show play box, basically. Just click play. You can listen to us live. It'll be awesome. So you can follow along with the conversation if you want to call in. Uh, Basically, it allows you to know what we're talking about at that current time. You can give your reactions to Hell in a Cell, the big winners, the big losers. If you cannot listen live during our post-Hell in a Cell call, you can call anytime during Hell in a Cell. Maybe the opening match and you have a comment about it. Call immediately after. Again, we take voicemails. We will play your call on the show. You can call in anytime. So go to shakethemropes.com. Follow us at shakethemropes for all the information. Our Skype line again is Let's Say Things. Our phone line is 260-494-3811. You can also reach us by email, rob at shakethemropes.com. So do that. We'll play your calls on our next show. We'll be right back with Jeff. Hope you enjoy this week's Shake Them Ropes. everybody welcome to another edition of shake them ropes it is october 22nd my name is rob his name is jeff jeff say hi to the people certified g and a bona fide stud see i get that reference and hopefully probably anyone listening to this podcast also gets that are you are you turning into i thought i'd give you a softball this week (laughs) are you turning into a uh i i get most of them i just don't comment on it the reason why i comment on this one because NXT is taping more TV on Thursday. Mm. The last set of TV tapings before, tentatively, the next network special. 
on December 11th. So we could be seeing some pretty true directions popping up here in the uh, spoilers in the next week or so. But Enzo Amore and Big Cass, are you... I forget where we left off on those two. Are you a fan now? Have you turned the corner? Or were you never I, off of the bandwagon? I am, I am not... I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but they do amuse me in a, in a way. I, I don't know why, because they shouldn't. I should just say this is stupid and move on, but... They they do amuse me. I just got done watching this week's NXT, thus the reference. I uh, I've turned the corner, as I think I mentioned on a previous I think, show. Yeah, I'm turning the corner on Enzo basically because he's a Looney Tunes character come to real life. Yeah, I like Big Cast just fine. Enzo's the one that I really had to struggle with, but now I, I I'm on Team Enzo. They are entertaining. Of course, the the episode this week on NXT on the network was the first. T- uh, show that was taped at the tapings I went to mm-hmm. that you'll get over the next three weeks. Enzo Amore. Who knows where their direction is going to be headed, but uh, I don't know if they're quite main card caliber yet. No. Well, they're SmackDown caliber. Yeah, but who isn't? I mean, they have... They, they have what... <laughs> Here's 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 a low bar. They have what they want for the main roster, which is uh, catchphrases that the crowd can say together. And oh, they got catchphrases all right. Yeah, they got the catchphrase part down. They uh, are no shortage of the catchphrases. Uh, but we'll get into uh, shake them ropes this week. I want to start off with what we started last week's show off with: something okay. or nothing, because I have. A couple of things here that I want to get your opinion on that don't necessarily need to take up 15 minutes of discussion. Okay, I'm flying blind. I don't know if you sent me an email. I didn't on these. Okay, good. I wanted unprepared, off the cuff. The element of surprise is in play here. To break kayfabe, sometimes we'll talk about what we are going to say on the show, but not this time. Just a rundown. Not this time, ladies and gentlemen. It's something or nothing, the blind edition. But I wanted to start off with Something that happened on Raw. Okay. And I'm doing it here because I didn't want to go too deep into it. But the Big Show and Rusev, we got the introduction of U.S. servicemen now involved in this program. We've had people involved before, especially with the Jack Swagger portion of the Rusev program. Mm -hmm. This time, Rusev was about to pull down the American flag, which Big Show planted there instead of the Russian flag. So really, it's all Big Show's fault that this all happened. But Rusev is about to pull down the American flag. A U.S. serviceman hops into the ring to stop Rusev from doing this terrible deed. And Rusev super kicks him right in the face. Because if you're a fan, you do not get in that ring. You do not hop the guardrail. Is the introduction of a U.S. serviceman anything or nothing when it comes to Rusev and Big Show? When it comes to the actual story, it's nothing. But for me, it pissed me off. Something royal. Did it? <laughs> um, for a ha- number of reasons. Because, yes, in your average, to your average fan, it's nothing. It's a cheap gimmick. It, it's cheap heat, for one, which isn't good, but this was something somebody should have put the kibosh on in the back for a number of reasons. Number one, you have a soldier acting like a criminal. Number two, the U.S. military are sponsors of the WWE, and you've just basically made them look bad. The, the kind of the did rule it, of thumb. Did it really make the servicemen look bad? He was standing yes. up for his country. He did... He knew he shouldn't prop up and get in that <clears throat> ring, but he was making sure that Rusev couldn't desecrate the flag. Rule of thumb is, though, you're not going in there alone either as a soldier. Even in a bar fight, you hey, usually aren't a lone wolf. Soldiers are brave. They do what it takes. No, no it makes them look bad, and it, it was just it was a bad move, I thought, all the way around. I, I, it made me livid, <laughs> to be honest with you. I was just... The story was dumb, and... Uh, you know, if you want to get some redneck in there, sure. Serviceman, it's a little different. Um, the You know, whenever you have a soldier gimmick in the WWE, or not in the WWE, but in wrestling, it's generally 
you play the soldier up as a tough guy that is out of his element in a wrestling ring because he's not allowed to use all the weapons at his disposal in terms of hand-to-hand combat and whatnot. I thought it was more <sighs> silly than anything because I it's just, just thought it was cheap eighties crap. It's another prop in this Rusev thing. And I wait, I anxiously await for the day where it's not so much that he's pro Russia versus, you know, pro Americans and they can actually get to a real storyline with this uh, Rusev, but just another silly introduction. And then also what is next? I mean, after Rusev beats big show, what exactly is next? Now you've brought the army into it. You had the flag in there before you had Jack Swagger as Mr. America here. Um, short of Kurt Angle coming back to wrestle in WWE and going uh, after Rusev, this screams to me the end of the line with the anti-America stuff. And well, really, it's not you, even anti-America. It's pro-Russia, which you is You can get one week out of Sergeant Slaughter, probably. Yeah, but that's not a real program. No, I, I mean, that's that. a one-week little filler deal. But <laughs> who else Cena, is next? Cena, 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 sure. Cena. Cena. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just about it. Maybe but, the U.S. title with Sheamus, because at least that's a belt on the line. Oh, Hey, yeah, that's probably what's coming next, actually. Well, you know what? You know what? That could work because it's the U.S. title. right? And Seamus will give a, I'm an Irishman in America, fella, and I love me some French fry. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, you didn't have a finish for that one, did you? Whatever dumb crap. Well, Seamus just gives stupid promos, so you know what it's going to be. It's going to be that wacky, I love fast food and apple pie and kissing babies and the U.S. title. He hasn't been giving those silly promos lately. You know what he's been doing? Losing. We'll get into that later. Yeah. So U.S. servicemen being introduced, nothing. Bad Um, move. Just a silly gimmick. Apparently it upsets some, like our Jeff here. Okay, well, I mean, it's also a sponsor, so you take that into consideration, too. Do you think they ran that up the flagpole with the with the Army? I really don't think so. You think Tribute to the Troops is going to have something to say about that? Uh, Probably not. Probably not, because they've already taped it, haven't they? No. Oh, I thought they had. Not okay. Yet. It's a little early for that. It's still October here. Well, that's, that's what you do. You attack the servicemen. You build up Rusev versus Cena for Tribute to the Troops. Cena gets the win, does a salute, acts like a Marine, yada. Cena and Rusev ain't happening in a tribute to the troops. Tribute to the troops is a nothing show. Cena, Rusev will probably... I don't know if Rusev will even be on that show. I don't know if you put him on the tribute to the troops show. Because he'd have to lose. But that's an interesting thought as they come down the pike. Because that's happening in in December. He's going to need a loss in order to transition from just 80s gimmick into something real, isn't he? Oh yeah, but I don't think that happens this calendar year and I don't think it happens on a show like tribute to the troops. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's even, I'll call my shot. That's the shot. That's a, I think that's a bad shot to call right there. I think there's better. It can't be any worse than your pay-per-view picks. Oh, it can be Jeff Hawkins. You're terrible at crap game 13, predicting that John (laughs) Cena wrestles Rusev on tribute to the troops and beats him. I'm going to mark that down, put that in the show liner notes. Um, the next one, Paige and Alicia Fox have been added to the next season of Total Divas, which I know you were skeptical about even occurring. But Paige and Alicia Fox joining the already enormous cast of Total Divas. Is this well, something or nothing? Well, let me clarify. Uh, when television shows, when networks don't feel that television shows will pull ratings or they're on the verge of cancellation, they'll do one of two things. If they're in production, they'll cut the order, much like Fox did on Mulaney. Oh, sad. Whatever. (laughs) Or they'll burn through the episodes. And the fact that they're burning through the episodes right before the November sweeps, I'm, I'm shocked they're doing another season, but I guess it's a property that they're committed to in terms of a contract or something. Uh, for me, it's nothing, and for me, it could be worse than nothing for someone like Paige, who everybody seems to view as a star on the upswing. Yeah, I I don't think this is a big deal. I mean, you can get more of your women on the roster exposed onto Total Divas, and that's what it seems like it is here. You know, just put put everyone on the show. Why not? Um, let me ask. Let I wouldn't want to watch. It, okay, is there such a thing as bad exposure in terms of this show? Um, in your opinion, eh, in this show, I don't because I don't watch the show, so I don't even okay. know. Um, <laughs> I don't think there I don't think there is on this because it's a different audience than what's watching WWE Raw. 
I know they're not getting crossover, but if they could get any crossover from it, it's obviously, I think, a good thing. Um, it puts them in a more somewhat realistic light than what they're portrayed on as raw. So that's probably a good thing too. Um, I don't know. Just get Paige's name out there. She's going to be on WWE TV for the next seven years, maybe more, most likely. So get her name out there. Why not? Uh, I do love that the most over diva on the roster isn't going to be on total divas because of who her husband is. What AJ? Yeah. Is she not on total divas? Nope. You sure about that? Positive. Sure about that? I'm. Yes. I mean, yes, I, I, I think am. you're right. I I don't know. <laughs> you just you just asked like three times. I'm just like. Uh, I mean, I made me, made me doubt myself for a moment. I was like, yes. That's yeah, what uh, I do. I, uh, wa- <laughs> I don't I don't watch the show. I'm pretty sure you're right uh, that uh, you know she's not on the show. But hey, if the whole thing is about exposure, then why put AJ on there? And if AJ's AJ's not going to want to get involved in the show, she'd get two days off a week. She's going to spend them in Chicago. No, but it's, it, it, the other side of that is she's going to remain the strongest character on the whole Divas roster, even though she's not on the show. Probably, yeah. Until Charlotte comes up. Yeah, Anxiously well, awaiting I that mean, day, too. Judging from NXT, she still has quite a bit of polishing to do on the character side. It's fine. I uh, I think Charlotte I, will be I enjoyed, up uh, I, enjoyed soon. Heck, I enjoyed the heck out of the Becky Lynch match. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte on NXT. There's there's more to come with the storyline developing with Becky Lynch, Sasha, and Charlotte on NXT yeah, TV. I, I like her. I, <laughs> I laughed at uh, Renee's thing. It's it's it was something like Becky Lynch seems like the type of girl to party and also likes to fight, and that's the kind of girl I like. And I'm like Renee, you explore those feelings a little more. Such a chauvinist. <laughs> Here I am taking up for the plight of all those. And you're just shoving in thoughts like that. Well. Can't believe it. I'm just here for sly one-liners. <laughs> right, and, okay. And the free beer that um, I get from Voices of Wrestling. Yes. <laughs> so Paige and Alicia Fox getting their moment on Total Divas. The next season is supposed to start on January 4th. So as far as running off episodes, yeah, it's very weird. I have to imagine they just probably wanted a longer break in between the shows. Well, is it an eight-episode season? or is I, it... don't, I, I don't know. Okay, because because do your research, be Rob. I don't well, care. It'll be interesting if if they're doing eight episode seasons or something to that effect, or ten, and then they do double doses in January before February sweeps. Yeah, I. Whatever he wants te- to do, he wants to do. That's television ratings talk. That's of not course, wrestling talk. Can, so let's continue. You can binge watch Total Divas on WWE Network if you don't know when it's airing on E. So there's or, always that option. Or if you're an invalid. Uh, yeah. Um, and then the last one I wanted to get to is kind of a follow-up from this segment last week when we talked about the Monday Night War Cruiserweight episode. Oh, go ahead. Um, Did you watch it? I ended up watching it. So All last right. week, we had someone on Twitter, Parker Holland on Twitter, said, Why talk Monday Night War without watching it? Most of your complaints were addressed in the episode. Now, last week when we were talking about it, we weren't talking about the episode. We were talking about the commercial hyping up the episode. Correct. The commercial you know, obviously it's 30 seconds of what we're going to get on the episode. And that's kind of what we were critiquing. You know, they're advertising this episode as if the cruiserweights finally got out of the cage of WCW to make it big in WWE. Right. So that's what we were critiquing. Now I went and watched the episode. Okay. And I don't know what the comment about most of our complaints being addressed in the episode really means because they kind of weren't. The episode really was an hour uh, expansion of that commercial where it talked about how the cruiserweights made it big in WCW. Eric Bischoff gave him a platform and they were, you know, some of the best things on the show. Right. But then it broke down into individual characters like Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho and how they finally made it big in WWE when they were given the ball instead of being buried under the NWO. So that was my exact complaint. Right. So <laughs> I, I'm not really sure what Parker's, Meaning by the complaints were addressed because that's basically what the episode did is is talk about individual characters and how the Monday Night War, yeah, they helped in the Monday Night War, but the characters themselves didn't make it big until they finally got to WWE. I think Parker's probably just addressing the fact that I'm trashing a show that I don't watch necessarily. That may be it. And again, we I thought we made it clear that we were just commenting on the commercial, but maybe not. I don't know. Fair, fair complaint, but still I was more mad at the trailer than anything else. 
So let's get into this Monday Night Raw episode. We are going to have our previews and predictions for Hell in a Cell uh, mm-hmm. c- coming up here soon. But before we can do that, we have to talk about this Raw as it continued to set up Hell in a Cell. Um, and, and and the number of times they said hell in that opening promo. Right, they did it. Makes, makes you realize it's hell in a cell. It's hell in a because cell. Because there's this cage, and it's a cell. Mm-hmm. And in it, there will be hell. Hell. Hell to pay in this cell here. I myself was in four of these hell in the cell matches, and it was hell in a cell. Yes. Now, <laughs> we'll talk about this episode that may not have done the best job ever of hyping people up for the uh, show on WWE Network. Uh, the Frey movement on Twitter tells us he chooses not to care anymore, and it may be the first pay-per-view on the network that he does not even watch at all. And I have to imagine that the feeling is rising like that, that more and more people are actually not going to partake in pay-per-views on Sunday, even those who might subscribe to the network. They may watch it on demand later, but it's not must-see viewing, which is a bad omen for the future I have to believe. Gotta love it when a go-home show makes you want to stay at home. This go-home show, uh, we'll start from the big stuff and work our way down. Um, Triple H opened the show with a segment. Randy Orton, by the way, did not even last four months on his new pantsless streak. The last pantsless streak lasted four years. This time couldn't get four months for those who are keeping track, for those like who are you? keeping score at home. Rob McCarron, you're the only one who keeps track of Well, I'm sorry, but when a wrestler doesn't wear pants for four straight years on Monday Night Raw, that's a pretty big deal. Maybe I'm the only one who feels that way, but I I know I'm not. Anything or nothing. I vote nothing. Oh, that's something right there. The pantsless streak. Anyone who can do that. I mean, that would be like John Cena not wearing shorts for a year. It's impossible. You don't think it's going to happen. I just remember I kept waiting for Randy Orton to have a segment like this where he comes to the ring, not wrestling, and just speaks like normal. And he didn't do it for four years. For four years, he would come to the ring in his gear and gear alone, sometimes with a t-shirt, but never with pants. You have to admit that's a long time. All right. That's a long time. And that's a pretty special moment. But Triple H comes out. And we get a stipulation added for one of the main events at Hell in a Cell. John Cena, Randy Orton is now a number one contendership uh, match. The winner will face Brock Lesnar at some point. May not even be this calendar year for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, the other main event, of course, is Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. Or excuse me, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose just uh, in a revenge situation for Dean Ambrose. It's a grudge match. So now the Orton-Cena match actually has something at stake. A lot of talk, a lot of podcast reviews, a lot of comments on Twitter about the lack of sense this makes. John Cena getting a match for a title shot after losing the contract in a pole match. What are your thoughts on the stipulation being added? And then I'll give mine afterwards. Because I may not have the same take as a lot of these reviews I'm hearing. Maybe I do. But... The first segment, hyping up the number one contendership Hell in a Cell. What do you think about that stip being added? (laughs) If I were going to drop a plan on how I could take away a lot of fans' interest in the Rollins-Ambrose Hell in the Cell match and drop a game plan for for a TV show, this one hit all the marks for it. I think it's stupid. (laughs) I mean... So John Cena loses the contract to face Seth Rollins, and he gets promoted, hypothetically, into a number one contenders match. It completely undercuts the other Hell in the Cell match. Okay, the stipu- so the stipulation. So on that note, yes, this show did not very do a very good job at all of protecting the Rollins and Ambrose match, but. It's time to play devil's advocate here in this Cena and Randy Orton situation. First of all, John Cena is the guy who says titles come and go. He's done it before in situations. Now, whether that's right or wrong is not the issue here. John Cena is the guy who says titles come and go. Obviously, his number one goal was to get at Seth Rollins. He failed to do that because of Dean Ambrose winning the contract in a poll. But the reason he was upset at Seth Rollins to begin with was that he interfered with the title shot of John Cena. 
So now, the re- we can actually explain why John Cena doesn't have that much hate now towards Seth Rollins and why he can focus on Randy Orton because he's getting his title shot back. Okay? So there's one aspect to this. The second aspect, the contract in a pole match last week was for Seth Rollins. At the time, both men wanted Seth Rollins bigger than they wanted the world title. They've both said that. That was the big deal. Dean Ambrose won. He gets his match. He gets his grudge match with Seth Rollins. John Cena should have been upset last week. This week, it does make sense. He's getting a title shot now. He has the chance to win and get Brock again. So that works for me more than okay. I only have one objection to that explanation. That was not an explanation they gave on television. No, they didn't do a very good job of putting that it, on there. No, it was very nice in your head to, to make sense of it. I loved it. Well, I, I mean, wish I wish they had said that. Yeah, because the contract on the poll, people go to the most recent match of John Cena and say, oh, he lost that match. But keep in mind, he had a title shot. He was the number one contender, and it was screwed over by Seth Rollins. So Triple H isn't giving him a rematch. He's giving him a shot to earn that title match back. Yeah, but okay, but from the business side, all it says to me is, well, John Cena and Randy Orton are stars, and we don't have a lot of everything oh, well, about absolutely. this show. Everything about this show was we don't have any faith in this Rollins and Ambrose match being able to headline the well, card. That which is undoubtedly is garbage, true. That, that is that's garbage. true that they, they feel that way. This thing, if they had built this thing right, this thing would be the hottest match going in in the past few months. It it absolutely should be, and yeah, th- this definitely took a little bit away from that, but. All the talk I'm hearing about how it makes no sense at all and how it's the laziest booking, there's been far lazier stuff this year on Raw than this. This, they were lazy in the fact that they didn't make sense of it when it actually does make sense. Yes, but, I mean, again, I I come from the opinion that, if okay, that's great reasoning. And that's great you can sit here and reason that. And if that is the actual reasoning, tell me that. I don't need to be told everything, but that would have been nice. This this just plays my cynicism, I guess. I I, I can I like your explanation. I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah. It would have been nice if they had put some thought into that in terms of story development. The other big thing on the show, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins continued their road to the uh, Hell in a Cell also. And we talked about downward the first segment. Sp- downward spiral to Hell in a Cell. We got more props this week. More props. By Dean Ambrose. Is anyone going to still sit here and argue that props are helping Dean Ambrose get over? Because that was an actual argument all the way up to last week. That props are going to help Dean Ambrose get over. (laughs) I have this. I came up with the most ridiculous theory in the world. And you'll have to hear me out. In the writers room, they go, okay, we're going to book Dean Ambrose as the Joker. And in their mind, it's Heath Ledger. The creepy dark night with the, you know, Joker with the sense of humor. And they start booking him this way. And Vince or Kevin Dunn or someone who's a little bit older watching him going, that's not the Joker. Where's the rubber chickens? Like, what do you mean rubber chickens? You know, the Joker, Cesar Romero, the 1960s TV show. He needs, he needs props. He needs, he needs wacky gadgets and things. That's the Joker. <laughs> This was terrible. It's just, I mean, there's there's dark humor, and then there's this, which is wacky, pandering crap. And this is this is this is worse than stuff that Carrot Top does on stage. And it and and if you're trying to build a guy as a as a as a badass, for lack of a better term, yeah, you know, wrestling's not hard. You talk smack and you fight. That's all you need. You don't need these types of things unless you're going to make it menacing. I don't mind the props necessarily. I minded the script. If you had made it somehow menacing and made it look like Dean Ambrose was, you know, a little bit psychotic rather than just madcap, might have turned out okay. But overall, all this did was make him look like a fool. Yeah, I want to I see if those people still think that these props are going to get him over. Because, I mean, and we were getting comments like, oh, Steve Austin had props. He had the toy gun and he had the the Zamboni and he put the cement in Vince's car. Okay. I want to know which one of those is comp- uh, comparable to the mannequin and ketchup and mustard. 
Yeah, the toy gun was thought to be a real gun at first. The concrete destroyed a $60,000 automobile. And the beer truck, you know, that's, that's an adult beverage right there. That's a man's drink that he sp- and went out there and basically sprayed it all over everybody, flipped off, flipped them off, and left. The, those are pranks that a man does who really doesn't care yeah. about losing his job. Dean Ambrose is out there with mannequin dolls making fun of Seth Rollins. Those are childish pranks. Are you and rooting for the child? I, I don't get the defense. I, just, I, just, I, I haven't heard that much defense, by the way, of Dean Ambrose's antics on this week's Raw. I appreciate the attempt to make it work by him, but I think this probably should have been an editorial choice to, to not use it this way. The real thing that they really attempted to try and make this work is the return of Mick Foley. Mick Foley came out in the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose segment and put over how the, the Hell in a Cell, the, the match itself, changes things. You have a pre-cell career and a post-cell career and really put it into these two minds, what they're exactly getting into. Um, of course, I don't expect them to... <laughs> it's going to be funny actually watching this Hell in a Cell match because I wonder exactly how much they're actually going to use the cage. I can see Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins actually going on top of it and doing weird things, but I mean, no blood anymore. The cage matches are kind of getting uh, a little stale now because you just don't have things outside of it, but that's besides the point. Mick Foley's return. Thoughts on the Foley return and what it means for Hell in a Cell? Further undermined the feud. Really? To me, it did. It it basically told me, yeah, you two guys aren't good enough to get this over in terms of it being a blood feud and being something important. When they probably could if they they were allowed to be as menacing as as this feud was when it first started, where, you know, the two basically wanted to kill each other. And Mick comes out there and goes, it's a dangerous place, you know. I don't need to hear about how dangerous the cell is. I already know. Most people already know. Anybody that knows it... It's in the name, Hell in a Cell. Why, why do you need Mick Foley coming out here telling you how it changes you? Because and, and it's been done by Mick before. I, I don't need that. I, I need these two to tell me, once I get in this cage, I'm going to rip your throat out. That's what I want to hear, and I want to hear it from the two of them. I don't want to hear about Mick's broken bones necessarily. I, I just thought it, it further... I... Uh, it, 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 took a, it took a little bit of steam off the fastball, so to speak. See, to me, I, I like that they used Foley here because it makes sense to use him here. Um, uh, well, let, okay, let me amend just a little bit and, and finesse. For uh, maybe a quick backstage segment between Mick and Ambrose? Sure. For this, this face-to-face confrontation, I want it to be just those two. I don't mind using Mick. I just thought the way they use again, the way they used him, and 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 this promo was way too long. Yeah, that that was true. I I could see if they all used... three hours, all three hours started with these long promos, and you're just like, God, stop talking. <laughs> I could see if maybe they did the Foley segment with these two two weeks before the pay per view, and then did a go home segment with just those two, and kind of put it over. Um, but I like the use of Foley. I thought it was, you know. He's out there to put over the cage and how it hinders careers. And you really got to think about it. And these two have never been in Hell in a Cell matches before. So it kind of fits that he's telling the rookies this. It would have been silly if he was out here telling this to John Cena or Randy Orton. Um, So I I thought the attempt was fine. But again, there's been so much during this Rollins and Cena feud. And we're not even done with this Raw and how they undermine this program. Because the main event undermined it probably more than anything else on the show. The Cena Ambrose promo didn't do much for it either. Right. There's been everything trying to get heat off of this. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever whatever Raw it was where they did the cement block before Dean Ambrose went and filmed his movie, that was probably the peak of these two. And it's just been going downhill. Because now it's not even the most look forward to match on the show. And they're already planning ahead what they're going to do with Seth Rollins. And the planning ahead isn't a bad thing. It's outwardly showing where Seth Rollins is going as if this match on this Sunday does not matter that much. Yeah, it's but, an afterthought. They, they tip their hand quite a bit. But the Mick Foley stuff itself, I was, I was fine with this segment. What did you think of the Cena uh, Ambrose segment? Um, just in the backstage locker room with the mm-hmm. stupid Joker joke. 
Yeah, I thought it was with rich the, with that, the movie. I thought it was rich that John Cena was telling Dean Ambrose to get serious before their match. Yeah. Other I, than I, that, know, doesn't matter. It was a stupid backstage little segment that didn't matter. Shoehorn, shoehorn the plug for the movie, but I thought, you know, you, you could have, and this goes to my more menacing sense of humor. It's like uh, Ambrose is watching and he can say, yeah, I'm doing my homework for Kane. And it's like Cena can go into that. Well, don't, that's your plan for the fight. And Ambrose should have just dismissed him and said, yeah, it's a fight. I'm going into fight. I'm going to keep slinging until I can't swing no more. Boom. That's it. That's the list. They're trying to be cute with Dean Ambrose and it's not working. <coughs> exactly. It's just not working anymore. Um, the, that leads to the main event. And what I was talking about with uh, demeaning the match is <laughs> it was a long 20 minute bout, but when all is said and done, the heat was on Seth Rollins, which it should be. But you wanted to see Randy Orton get his revenge on Seth Rollins. Because this yeah. whole show was built... To me, Randy Orton was the star of this Monday Night Raw. I would agree. He was the star. And now the they focus goes to Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. The Dean Ambrose-Seth Rollins match was not played up nearly as important throughout the entire show as what's going to happen with Cena, Orton, and Rollins. And yeah, and there was a lot wrong with this. It was a street fight where nobody came out in street clothes except Ambrose. Nobody brought any weapons of any kind with them into a street fight, and everybody followed standard tag rules. Yeah. It was street <laughs> fight in name only with a couple of weapons mixed in. They incorporated the cage. Uh, I mean, everyone and their mother knew that they were going to incorporate the cage, and eventually yeah. at the end of that match they were going to get locked in. I did not really expect Seth Rollins to be facing off with Randy Orton and drop him. No, to end the show. Not. It's 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 man, yeah, that that's just it's too early to do that right now. That should be the raw after this because they just to me they tip their hand as to what they're going to do and possibly who's going to win. If you disagree with our review of the whole Orton show here, Send us your tweets at Shake Them Ropes. We'll retweet them out. We'll get your comments heard. We'll we'll talk about them. But yeah, that's the whole Randy Orton show. And you know what? They're building for future directions. It's going to go Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. That's why I figure that uh, we'll get into our predictions. But I mean, it's going to take a miracle for John Cena not to win at Hell in a Cell. There's just, you can see where they're going. But man, you have a show on Sunday you should be promoting. And they did a go home for some pay-per-view in the future. They weren't doing a go-home for this show. Um, some less important stuff, but still fun and entertaining nonetheless. Uh, Damian Sandow got a win on this Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I thought The Miz was particularly good doing the commentary and in the post-match stuff. I thought The Miz was pretty good in the commentary thing. And I also think they're going to break them up on Sunday. It's I got that feeling too, and I thought it was way too soon based on this. Because, yeah, now you have Mizdow getting wins where you think, okay, now he's the guy who's going to break off seeing that he can do this. That Two wins in a row, so that's the logical direction. And, um, sun, and Sunday they're doing Mizdow TV with guest star of The Miz. They are. Yeah. Yes, they are. I, I don't know if you break them up on this Sunday because there's probably another breakup that's going to happen too, maybe. But uh, Damian Mizdow getting wins. Uh, we had two weeks in a row where champions in large numbers lost non-title matches on this show. We had mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler losing to Cesaro, Sheamus losing to Damian Mizdow in the six-man tag, mm-hmm. and AJ Lee losing to Alicia Fox via distraction from Paige. So this whole AJ Lee cannot lose in any way. We must protect her like John Cena. Well, not so much. But yeah, champions losing non-title matches. That streak must continue. Just to circle back, you know who else was particularly good, even though I didn't like the segment overall? I thought Big Show was really good. It was another thing where they did the serviceman gimmick, and Big Show comes out, and he can show off his uh, ability to cry on cue. And act. I mean, he's the one guy who can act and make it look legitimate. Yeah. But and I can't help but notice the uh, how goofy the segment that predated that was. Uh, oh, he's no. crying because this U.S. Army serviceman comes into the ring, gets super kicked by Rusev. When Rusev was defending himself, is Big Show yes, against those, self defense? Those, those, those heelish, ugly Americans. Is Big Show against self defense and fighting for your own ground? 
Yeah, that's just... Uh, Come on now. Big show. Servicemen breaking the law to enter a ring. Yeah. Well, we've, we've teased it with the Raw review. Let's get into this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. On okay. a scale of 1 to 10, how hyped are you for Hell in a Cell on Sunday? Three. Three? Three? I, I'm going to put it a little higher. I'm going to put it at a six. You and I what? do that. Hold on. Let me double back. I, I, I can't. I, that's just me being cranky. Uh, I, I'm around a five. I'm around. I, 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 I'm you still went back a couple of times, by the way. I should point I, out to you. I, I, I have to because I've I've been I've been running off the mouth and I'm a little bit sick, as anybody can tell. Right, so that's yeah. also made me irritable. And I stayed up late to watch this raw live as opposed to DVRing it like a smart person would. Okay. Uh, Hell in the cells always have a couple of moments, or they they, they used to. I don't know if they're going to now. And and the Rollin, I think the the. The Rollins Ambrose one is going to be a stunt show spectacular type of thing, so I'm a little hyped for that. I, so it's a show like last month or like the last show, where the build hasn't been very good going into it. It's taking away from some of it, but you look at the card on paper and it's not bad. It has potential. So I that's why I'm excited for. It. I am excited for Ambrose and Rollins still the most of anything else. I don't know how much of a stunt show it's going to be because they are locked in the cage. At some point, I would hope that they go outside of said cage. Did you see the bumps Rollins was taking even in the, oh, yeah. even oh, in the yeah. show? I yeah, mean, he's going to take crazy bumps. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how far that gets him, though, in a in what will most likely be a 15, 20-minute match. And we'll get into our prediction on whether that goes last or not as well. But let's start with Rusev and Big Show. We've talked about the build-up to it. Mark Henry was nowhere to be found on Raw this week also. I don't know if that just means they want us to forget about him kind of in this or if he's not going to have a place in it come Sunday. Um, Rusev and Big Show, nothing really on the line except for American Pride. Who you got in this one? Rusev, Big. Yeah. Uh, and I think probably Henry comes down at some point and then Show kind of waves him off before getting put in the in the submission move and then afterwards they have a falling out i have rusev winning too because i don't see why you would uh i mean you've held off this long i don't see why big show would be the one to finally pin or submit him because you're older than six and you have logic right but (laughs) i don't know if mark henry interferes in this one Oh, I don't think he interferes. I think he wants to interfere, and then the, and then he doesn't, and then that results in Big Show losing, and Mark Henry gets mad at Show for not letting him interfere. Yeah, I don't see the breakup happening on this one because I don't okay. see them only doing one Rusev and Big Show match. I see a situation where Big Show might lose. Now Mark Henry is thinking to himself, okay, well, I lost. Big Show said he would be the one to win, and he didn't. So that kind of puts tension in between them. And then there's a second match, and that's when Henry Koss showed about. Okay. Um, so I don't see the breakup happening on this show, but I do see Rusev getting the win. Do you think Raw is just a bunch of rematches then? Raw is going to be a bunch of rematches, man. Because the next okay. pay-per-view, I believe, is Survivor Series, and that's not for another month. All right. So, I mean, you got to have your rematches here. No, that makes logical sense, and I will uh, I will piggyback on that, I believe. I think you're correct. So that's the easiest one to book on this show. I, yes. I hopefully at least get that one because my record in predicting matches on pay-per-views has not been very good lately. So we'll see how good I can do this time. Uh, AJ Lee and Page for the Divas title. They've traded wins on pay-per-views for the last several months. AJ is the champion coming into it. Will she be the champion going out of it? Yes. All right. <laughs> That's basically all there is to it. Um, so you're going to say AJ Lee gets the win. I am. I. Or she retains the belt. How about yeah. that? I don't know how to put, and if I even should, how to put the whole Total Divas announcement into this. Like, I could see them very easily transitioning the Divas Championship into a Total Divas kind of storyline. Like where, because for now you've had the title belt out of Total Divas. I think not right, since, and that, and that was and that was on purpose too. Right, we, but now I'm wondering if they transition it into Total Divas, where all the Total Divas castmates actually fight over this belt. Maybe there's a storyline involved in that, because um, I could see them trying to do something like that. 
where it becomes a total divas title in a way. Uh, and they align their storylines with the actual show. Okay, uh, I'll go another route. Maybe they use Alicia Fox's win to make her number one contender, and it causes tension amongst the quote-unquote best friends of Alicia Fox and Paige right. on Total Divas. So the fact that I don't know how to go into this, aligned with also Paige being the heel and them doing right. a chase, maybe with someone new this time, I'm actually going to predict that Paige wins the title at Hell in okay. a Cell. I thought I thought it was fairly obvious they're setting up Alicia Fox to be the new number one contender. So what against but, AJ? Uh, yeah. Oh no. They gave her the win. Well, I know they gave her the win. Uh yeah. I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, you might be right, and that's probably logical thinking. Also, with with Paige in the corner, and then eventually Paige turns on Alicia Fox. But Alicia Fox? What? Yeah. Yeah, that could be. I'm gonna go with Paige. Okay. They've traded wins quite often. I think the last pay-per-view they uh they didn't, but they've traded wins a bit. I can see them trading it again. I'm going to that's the way I'm going to go. Now, we have another title match in the show. The US title that we talked about earlier, Sheamus and the Miz. Is this the night that Sheamus finally after only having it for like 2 months, I think. I don't know. Is Sheamus going to lose the US title here to the Miz? Nope. Nope. Okay. He lo- he lost on Monday. He'll win on Sunday. I have Sheamus winning this as well, because I see Miz transitioning into a program with Miz Dow. Yes, and I see Sheamus. I see your Sheamus Rusev. Uh, I see it as coming. well. Yeah. I see that as the next big thing. So I can see Sheamus getting a decisive win here. I don't know if Miz Dow is going to play a part in it. He probably will, maybe by accident. But yes, I see a Sheamus win here as well. Uh, Brie Bella versus Nikki Bella. The loser must be the personal assistant to the winner for 30 days. So get ready for that on Monday Night Raw the next month. Brie or Nikki, who you got? Oh, man. It's a tough call. It's a it tough call. A tough and by call a tough call, because... I don't think it's a tough call at all, actually. Oh, you don't? Nope. Huh. I kind of do. Do you? Could this be another I, I Total Divas storyline where Brie, who was the heel on Total Divas, it seems like every week? Well, gets... the, I mean, everything about wrestling history tells me mm-hmm. that the heel loses this match and gets humiliated. Okay. Yeah, but you had, remember, last week on Raw, you had Brie beating Nikki clean. Right. Nikki's getting this one, man. I'm thinking Nikki's getting it, yeah. Nikki's getting Nikki, this one. Nikki's win. Getting, it, getting, it, getting it through malfeasance of some kind. She's going to cheat to win. Okay. Hey, hey, she probably will. That's fine. She cheated to win the first uh, the matchup for Stephanie McMahon against Brie Bella. And Brie will suffer in silence. No, yeah. I don't think it's going to be very silent. Oh, I think she's going to steam a bit. Okay. It's going to lead to some terrible, terrible vignettes. Oh, well, that's undoubtedly true. Either way, it's going to lead to terrible, terrible vignettes. I mean, we're not, we're not talking Jimmy Garvin here. So. Speaking of terrible vignettes, Gold and Stardust are defending the tag team titles against the Usos in what should probably be a pretty good match. Not necessarily one that I'm looking forward to that all that well. It's the same with John Cena and Randy Orton later. We've seen it a million times. It'll right. probably still be good, yep. but... A good match is not the same match when you've seen it 10 times versus the first time. So Usos and Goldust, I'm predicting a tag title retention by Golden Stardust. Who you got in this one? Same. We're eerily similar. We've only parted on one match so far, Jeff. And that'll be the one you lose, hopefully. Well, most likely. I mean, let's face it. I've been a loser on these predictions i mean there's yeah, no other way to I just, say it. i just can't see them taking the belts off the dust brothers not yes. right now no i don't either but uh we'll see so far again a pretty good show on paper hopefully it, they execute very well and now we're in our double main event we'll oh, start wait, isn't there isn't there another title match uh the intercontinental title most likely but it hasn't been added yet i thought it was it has not been added yet smackdown then most likely. I'm assuming okay. we're going to get a Cesaro-Ziggler match. Okay, well, let's just pick one and put that in parentheses. Then. All right, we'll pick one. Maybe by the time this, people are listening to this, it'll be added. But uh, that's the 
The downside of taping our show before SmackDown. Yes. Cesaro Ziggler. I'll let you go first on this while I uh, think of a prediction. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's odd. They they made the weirdest comment about Cesaro. That just struck me. In that uh, they're talking about did, did a tooth come loose and and. Not one, but I think two of the announcers said, well, it wouldn't hurt his looks any. So they think Cesaro is ugly, and they I think do. Cesaro is a fine-looking man. They think he's ugly. He's balding. That's just wrong. Um, and since they don't like Cesaro, they haven't done Ziggler any favors, but... He keeps losing. Yeah, and that makes me think he's going to win that one. Right? Yeah, it's Ziggler. You go Ziggler. I'm going to go with Cesaro. I think you're going to be right. I think I, I'm going to be wrong. I think I've overthought this. I feel like I just tricked you into picking Ziggler. No, I was going to pick Ziggler originally because I thought he was due a win because of the number of times he's lost. But they don't oh, care. If he lo- but they don't care about his losses, and they don't care about Cesaro's losses. So it's odd. I'm, because right now they have the undercard titles on two baby faces. Not that they even care about that, but. It would be a change of pace. Have Ziggler chase. Maybe you put another uh, baby face coming up here. I don't know but who it would given, be. But... but they've given Cesaro this belt or a belt like this before. Oh, I know. And they've done nothing with him. They've so... done nothing with him. But maybe it's time. How many times are we going to say that? Maybe yeah. it's time. Maybe they continue to do nothing. Maybe it's just one of those things where they put something else on him. You know, give him the title again because let's change it up on this pay-per-view. Make our pay-per-views seem must-see. But I'm going to go with Cesaro on this one. If the match even happens, for all we know, uh, we can get some type of multi-man match. Okay. Yeah. You Isn't never there, know. Yeah. What else is on the pre-show other than the Miz Dow Miz? That's it. Thing? I thought there was something else. I thought well, there was originally the tag titles were announced for the pre-show, but then they changed that. Oh, did they? Okay. Yes. That's what I was saying. I was saying the tag match. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so um, who knows if Cesaro and Ziggler even happens? Who knows if it happens on the pre-show? Because it may not. They may just take the entire thing to hype up the pay-per-view and then have that Miz TV segment. So you never know. Um, Before we get into the main event predictions, we have to figure out which one actually is going to be the main event. Uh, What is your prediction for the match that will go on last? Cena Orton. See, I feel that way too, especially after what they did on Raw this week, especially the way they've been talking about how that match is a main event. And in theory right now, it is the only match with something on the line. True. It is a number one contendership match for the title, whereas the other match is simply a grudge match. Yes. So we will give our prediction for the semi-main, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, inside Hell in a Cell. This one, to me, is the toughest match to predict on this show. Hmm. To me, it is because on one hand, I can see this being Dean Ambrose finally getting his win after two months, well, really many months of them being at odds. But also, if you're going to go with Rollins and Orton, it would seem like you would want to propel Rollins into a strong role heading up to what is, in theory, a larger profile program. So I could see them doing that. So I don't exactly know, but... All right, counselor, you've made two good cases. Now you got to pick one. I got to pick one. And I'm I have to go first on this one because I can't just keep piggybacking off of you and you telling me the answer. So, okay, cuz I have my answer and it's a fairly strong one, but continue. I am going to go with Dean Ambrose. Have I made a mistake? Yes. Damn it. I always get these wrong. Who's winning this match, Jeff? Seth Rollins. You're, uh, see, Seth it, Rollins. I mean, the only way I could see you, see, because I'm, I'm also booking the main event at the same time because I think Seth Rollins is going to get involved or Brock Lesnar is going to get involved due to the Heyman bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another weird one too, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Because, because Randy Orton doing the RKO to Paul Heyman seems to set up Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. And I think that's where they're going. All right, so let's jump right into it. The main event, John Cena and Randy Orton. Who's winning that one? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, what happened here? You just said. Well, because because it's 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 the WWE theorem. You don't bet against John Cena in a main event. That's you don't. what I've been preaching. 
<laughs> this match, John Cena and Randy Orton, Rich from Voices of Wrestling has a piece up about his uh, the numbers going to this match. John Cena and Randy Orton by the numbers. Right. Uh, this is the 317th match these two will have involving each other between tags, being on the same side, singles matches, what have you. It is the 121st singles match the two will have and the 21st time these two will wrestle on TV or pay-per-view. Which actually surprised me that last number. I thought it was more. But oh, 21 times these two have wrestled on TV or pay-per-view. John Cena is overwhelmingly the winner in most of these matches. I, I don't know what to do here because both make sense. Doing John Cena and Brock Lesnar again seems to be what they're going to do. But Randy Orton did the RKO to Paul Heyman seemingly setting up a Lesnar match. Right. You could do Randy Orton and Seth Rollins leading into the Brock match because Seth's got the briefcase and Randy Orton's got the guaranteed title shot. So that makes sense also. Everything points to Randy Orton making sense as the winner of this match. And that's why I'm probably going to pick John Cena. Um, <laughs> but with with a caveat. See, I was thinking this whole time I, I was thinking John Cena was going to win that contract match and that jo- and that Randy Orton was losing these matches. You know, he has been, he's been on a bit of a losing streak to, you know, to Roman Reigns mm-hmm. and in pay-per-views and whatnot. And that this was going to be his win and he was going to get the win over Ambrose in the cell. Originally, that was what I had in the back of my mind. Yeah. Now I'm seeing it. And I, <sighs> I don't know if he's going to turn face on the pay-per-view or on the Monday after the pay-per-view. That's what I don't know. Because I see Seth Rollins coming down and interfering and possibly causing Orton the match. Right. Yeah, I can see that too. And then Orton RKOing him and it going out to voices and him standing tall, even though Cena won. Cause I can, yeah, I can see Seth Rollins coming out here. Maybe even Kane, if that matters. But Seth Rollins coming out. Say he won the cage match, and your prediction is correct. Right. And he comes out because at that point, he somewhat has a a reason to care who wins this because that could potentially be his title match opponent if he cashes in. And maybe he helps Orton. Maybe it's a mistake and he hurts Orton. Maybe he helps John Cena. Maybe he just goes after Orton. I don't know. There's a lot of different directions you can go in. Everything they've been doing, at least on this week's Raw, points to Orton winning. Yes. But, but if this match goes on last, I can't possibly see that happening unless this is the turn and Randy no, Orton I, ends up coming out of the show as a strong, somewhat strong babyface. I could. I also see Rollins coming out, teasing that he's going to attack Orton, attacking Cena for Orton as a makeup of Monday. Orton RKO's Rollins. Cena's recovering during this time. Attitude adjustment on Orton, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. We go into Monday, and that's when Orton makes the full turn. So I think it's going to be John Cena. You stamped it down, did you? I did. I'm, 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 I just, I, I'm, I'm trying, I know that Rollins and Orton are there and here, and you can easily move the storyline off of an Orton loss. And, well, I can't get the number one contender contract but I can go after your money in the bank briefcase. So I'm going with Cena. I asked the people on Twitter to help me. You, you can't do that. That's that's dirty pool. Jeff Gorman on Twitter says Orton is winning with an RKO hashtag out of nowhere. And then Rovert on Twitter says Kane gets added and wins. <laughs> or, or John Cena. He adds or John Cena. So he's oh, predicting Cena. You gotta love the randomness of just Kane wins. I think I had... That in like a in a <laughs> we were gonna do like a five man scramble in the cage originally, and Kane would be the winner. Tarek on Twitter says it's Orton for me. Always has been, always will be. So we actually have you know more support for Orton in this small sample than Cena. But I think uh, Rovert may be right. I think John Cena might win this match because why not? Is it gonna be another pay per view? Where I picked oh, John oh, Cena. Wait a second, I just... said C- I said Cena before you read Rovers. No, I know you pick right. you picked John Cena. I know, I know. Oh no, I I still love the Kane. <laughs> but everything makes sense for Randy Orton. Am I going to turn that all around just to say, oh, it's a main event and John Cena's in it, so he wins because it's a pay per view? 
Am I really going to do that to myself and then be I wrong? Don't know. Uh, see, I know that they want to do. I don't. Do they want to do Orton and uh, Brock? That's the question. Cody on Twitter at Cody from Ohio. I'm going to guess he's from Ohio. Says what? that Orton will win via run-in from someone like Kane or Harper, leaving Rollins out. Oddly enough. No, I think both Kane and Rollins ends up end up running in. I am going to go with Randy Orton. I'm locking okay. it in. All right. I'm locking it in. Case on Twitter says no one. <laughs> none of the above. Not the fans. He's choosing Brock Lesnar to come in and destroy both and then eat them, a la Walking would, Dead. Spoiler alert. I wouldn't alert. mind seeing Brock coming down and destroying them both. I tell you what, too, with the whole Paul Heyman deal and this being announced as a title contendership the match. Heyman, the Heyman deal makes this very interesting to the, me. Well, I mean, I know you want to get Heyman on. Heyman being on this show makes it interesting because why involve him? Exactly. On the show before instead of after. I don't know if Brock's actually going to wrestle at Survivor Series. I don't know if they might hold it off one more pay-per-view and put him on TLC. We're not really that far away from Royal Rumble. And we've had this situation recently where, you know, we had the CM Punk and The Rock match set for Royal Rumble about six months prior. So, I mean, you could do the slow build to the eventual Royal Rumble title match, but it puts it in question when Brock actually might be coming in. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, uh, the timing of it. I mean, and, and... The problem is, in logical storytelling, it would mean something. Yeah. But this is the WWE, where it might not mean something. I'm just so. going to go with Randy Orton, because I think everything that we've seen the last couple of weeks just puts it in that direction. I think if you don't do Brock at Survivor Series, you have a ready-made angle with Seth Rollins and John Cena. Or, excuse me, Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. Uh, we can do Ambrose and Cena at that point, too. Maybe that's your backup. I I don't think Ambrose and Cena are going to feud. I don't think so either, but what do you do for Ambrose? Say this whole thing is over. Do you keep him involved with Seth Rollins? Do you maybe do a three-way angle with Orton, Rollins, and, and Ambrose? Or where does Ambrose go? Because right now, oddly as stu- it seems... To the Stooges? Yeah, Ambrose seems to be the one who, because Roman left, he was the one who was going to get propped up when everyone thought he might have been the one forgotten. Well, now Ro- Roman Reigns is gone, and Ambrose still seems like the one they're going to forget about. Yeah. No, I I think he is. I think he's just he's he's marking time for Roman Reigns to come back. Off the wall prediction: Reigns and Ambrose win the tag titles at WrestleMania. Not really, but what do you do with these guys? I don't know. But this I is... could see I could see you bringing Reigns back to feud with Ambrose. You could see it. Because Ambrose will just, you know, he's a lunatic fringe. He gets mad at, you know, and Reigns is basically going, yeah, you were taking my spot while I was gone type of thing. Should we do a live post Hell in a Cell show? Yes, I should be better by then. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. We are going to be back live on ShakeThemRopes.com. You will be able to listen to us immediately after Hell in a Cell. We are going to do a post recap show. We will have the Skype and phone lines open so you can give us a call during the show. Interact with us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. All the information will be on ShakeThemRopes.com. So we will do that at 11 Eastern immediately following Hell in a Cell and get all the feedback. We'll go over our predictions, what actually happened, what will go on in the future because we would hopefully have a better idea after this show. And uh, we'll we'll see what's going on. But that'll be uh, fun. Me and Jeff being back live on Sunday night post Hell in a Cell. We hope you'll all listen. We hope you interact with us. Give us some calls so we can make that an entertaining show. Get everyone's uh, thoughts on what occurred on the pay-per-view. And we'll be back with our regular show uh, sometime during the week after that, talking Raw and whatever's going on post Hell in a Cell. Um, but yes, I I have a bad feeling that I'm going to lose this prediction game again, Jeff. I think no, you're going to win. We're not betting money on it, so don't worry about it. Well, thank God, because I would have no more money left. Oh, I'd finally get those 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 great McCarran bucks that I've so, so craved. If I had a dime for every prediction I got correct, <laughs> I'd have no dimes. <laughs> ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise. And now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, 
ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, The Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear, ProRisuShop.com. That's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com. ProRisuShop.com. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 